It's happy hour live from the Collins Hotel on St. Charles Avenue in beautiful uptown New Orleans. Welcome again. I'm Grant Morris and Mitch Foreman on the piano, although he's not actually here. But he's still playing the piano nonetheless. My special guests on happy hour this week are Zach Rosenberg, the director of the St. Bernard Project, who's guess what? Not here. Hopefully, he'll be showing up at some point. In the meantime, we can talk to Tracy Corson who's the chief gatherer of the green at a place called Repurposing Nola Piece by Piece. Is that your official title, chief gatherer of the green? It is. I'm not much for titles. So. And is, by green, do we mean marijuana or money? That works. Yeah. Both. Both. So you're picking up a lot of pot and money <laughs> as you're wandering around I think around pot should be legalized, the but we can talk gatherer. about that later. You do? Okay. <laughs> you guys agree with that? Our other guests are uh, Chiara Angela Cola. Also known as, are you also known as Birdcore? Yeah, that's my stage name. Birdcore. Your stage name is Birdcore. But we all yes. call her Bird. And that, and that's jo- Johanna. No, Joanna, and the Dusty Floor. Yes. Hello. You don't have another name, Joanna. Just Joanna no, and, just the Joanna and the Dusty Floor. And over here is uh, Kirk Shane here. It's a very challenging day today with <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the foreign names. <laughs> Joanna is Johanna, which is Hungarian. Hungarian. Mm-hmm. And Shane here is German, and but no one's. You're not from Germany, are you, Kurt? No, and you're not from. I was not born in Hungary. No. No, you're not born in Hungary, but you are Australian. I'm Australian, which is fantastic. Yes. And and just Trace, from across the pond from you. Yeah, from New Zealand. And Angela Cola is the most beautiful name we've had for any guest mm. on our oh, show. You're sweet. It really is, isn't it? Thank what? You. And that's Italian. Yes, it is. So you're Italian. You might have to move in a little bit, though, Miss Angela. Cola. Okay. So, are bad. you Italian? I'm part Italian and half Guatemalan. Half Italian and half, half Guatemalan. Half so there's half. a bit missing. It's, a half, it's halfsies. That's good. Who's, my, who's my who? Mother, my mother is Guatemalan. And she met your dad? She met my dad in California. And they came, my, my mother's family came out in the 70s to Marin County. And then all her sisters moved back, including my grandmother and my grandfather. And my mom was the only one that stayed. And she went to SF State and met my dad. And then, uh, and then they had me. And did you end up, oh, is the whole family in New York or just you? Uh, no, I'm the only one. I was oh, so you fir- moved from California yeah, to Brooklyn. I did that. That's quite a move. What was yeah. that for? Um, well, it's for music. It's, it's why I'm here right. with you. Yeah, but there's music in, L- in California, presumably. Yes. But I, not as groovy. Yes. I, it's just a different scene. San Francisco is really beautiful in the sense that, um, you know, it's really diverse and you can explore a lot of different genres. Uh, it's also a very small town. It gets really small really quickly. And me growing up there, I kind of wanted a bigger challenge. And Did you feel that people knew you as one thing and you wanted to be something else? Actually, yes, a little bit of that. Right. I feel like I really became my own element once I Yeah, once you get here. out of once you live in a small town, you have to get out of it. Isn't that right, Joanna? Mm-hmm. Although Sydney's not a small town. <laughs> She's sipping right no, now. No, but I feel the same way about New York. How's the mint julep? Have you almost finished that already? I'm halfway through. They don't I'm put so enough. They don't put it. enough booze in there. It's your very we, first mint julep. It's my very first mint julep. Is it we, strong? <laughs> Are you feeling it's like it's not? It's not strong. It's just taking the edge off the big car ride. Yeah, we've had a long drive. Had a long. We've been you, driving for a while. Where did you drive from? Well, Mississippi. Yeah, today was Mississippi, but we've been driving from New York. We've done five days, right? So this is oh, the yeah. not so glamorous side of being a rock star. Well, I mean, this is glamorous. We've had a pretty this glamorous. This glamorous Collins. once you're sitting at the Collins Hotel. But Sipping on Yeah, on a mint julep, you know. Yeah, but, but driving across the country in your own car. Yeah. It's not like you don't have a tour bus. and. No, we, 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 uh, we have a, a 12-seater van. Oh, that's Actually, fantastic. we'll tell you really quickly right now what we did is Joanna and I um, decided to raise money for this tour. So we did a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, okay. And we raised a significant amount of money that's put us on the road that's paid for the band it's paid for everything everything so um, kickstarter is a thing when you go on to kickstarter.com and you you put the sort of project up there and people look at it and go well this looks cool i'm gonna yeah, give them just money send it it's on be- to your fans begging. and um you know your family and your friends it's and electronic begging, they can donate right? ten dollars they can donate a thousand mm-hmm. they, they can get donate. incentives and it's not i mean it's it's um it's kind of a polite way of of asking people to invest in your project and, and in right in they're not going to get their money back though are they well if we don't reach the goal they do 
there's a, right. So you have to you set a goal you for to, yourself. You set a goal, and if you, and you have to reach it by a certain date, and if you don't, nobody's credit cards get get charged. Right. Like nobody gets. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's it's great because also people feel like they're a part of something being created. You know, they're a part yeah. of something um, yeah. artistic. It is. Yeah, you feel they like they get to invest in you. Yeah. You know, and their C- your CDs that come out, your music that comes out, has been directly influenced by these people that yeah. donate money to, to make this happen yeah. for you. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and it's so amazing. You, do you post stuff uh, on, on the trip? Are you posting like a journal or a blog or something? To we both have been posting things. I have a blog. and So Joe. where's the tour going? You came from... Hey, Zach Rosenberg is here, by the way. Hi, Zach. Pull Hi, up Zach. A, pull up you? a chair. It's great Zach, to see you all. it's good to see you. Why are you late? I was stuck in traffic. Oh, I, was doing I don't work. believe yeah, that. Right. I don't Do- believe don't stuck in traffic. Yeah, come on. Homework, I mean. That's a good one. Where'd you come from? Chalmette. Sweet Chalmette. These guys drove in from New York and they're here on time. Well, welcome. How's Hello. Yeah, this is Zach. <laughs> Zach. Hi, Zach. This is Joanna. Hello, nice to meet you. And uh, Kiara. Hello. And Tracy. Hello, everybody. It's great to meet you. And again, sorry for being late. No, that's okay. Well, you can order a drink as well, though. We'll let you have a drink as well. I certainly Now, Zach, will. you're the director of a thing called the St. Bernard Project. That's right. These guys don't know who St. Bernard is, of course, do you? No. No. St. Bernard, Sa- Bernard is the patron saint of poor white trash. <laughs> is that correct? Well, only if I look that way. No, you look. Well, you're, you're from, where did you come from? You came from California, too, right? No, I... Uh, New York. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Well, I have third time lucky or not we're doing so. okay so the st bernard project's a not-for-profit organization that rebuilds homes in orleans and st bernard parish we're probably the most poorly named group in new orleans um, but we do all sorts of one <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's good we've completely rebuilt 393 houses as of wow. today we have a, a center for wellness and mental health that provides free licensed mental health care to um, folks who are still recovering both from the oil spill and from the hurricane and I got to say that the St. Bernard Project got our start with support from the United Way, and it's great that uh, my good buddy Gary Ostrowski, kind of our patron saint, uh, is here with us. Wow. And, and another thing, listen to that great voice. People say I have a face for radio. You, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very impressive voice. Would you like a drink while you're here, Zach? Even though I would. I'd love a Stoli Martini dry ice olives. Nice. Please. Yeah, nice. that's a classy sort of a guy. Yeah. You guys want anything? We're good? Okay. Shaken, stirred. Oh, swirled. Swirled. So we'll, so we'll get on to that in a minute because we were just talking about coming here from other places. Yeah. And th- these guys drove, were driving all across the country in a, in a, in a van, a 12-seater van, yep. which you rented, I assume. Yeah. And is this the first tour you've been on? Yes. This is the um, wow. first national tour for me. I mean, Joanna's done a number of... I've done other tours as a backup tours. singer for other bands. But this is our first real... Thing together across the country. And and how it's are our projects, you yeah. know. So you have two. You two got two separate acts, mm-hmm. two separate bands, mm-hmm. but I mean the same band, but two separate artists. Acts. artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you figure that out, the two? Um, well, <laughs> do you want to tell it? <laughs> um, well, uh, Kiara and I know each other from Brooklyn, from the music scene, yes. and we actually share um, some of the same band members in our in our bands in New York back home yeah. back home right. and um, so we sat down and had a chat and, and Kiara, Kiara actually came to me and she said I, I, I really want to go on a tour but it would be awesome if we could go together do a double bill and split the costs so it would make it cheaper yeah, for us yeah I mean us. we're right. indie artists We've, we're our own managers our own bookers and we are broke so you do, you do your whole own thing you do you manage yeah. the whole thing book yeah. everything yeah we, yeah. Did it, we did it all I mean when you don't have anybody doing anything for you, it's mm. like your success becomes more dependent on how much you put into it. And Joanna and I just it worked out that we were both at a point in our careers that it just seemed the best thing to do was to get on the road and, and, and just let go people play. It's pretty, it, isn't it pretty much all you can do in the music business now? That's about all that's left, isn't it? I mean, can Have you, can you got four hours? We can really yeah. we can yes. get into it. Well, I tell you what, I'll give you. But if we're going to get into it, it's going to take like four hours. Really? Can you can you do the forty-five second? It's just the music industry is just really hard. It's really hard these days for independent artists yeah. to, to have a voice. It's it seems to be impossible. It seems yeah. to be I no mean, place there, to there break in. I mean, there are great in. things. I mean, it's evolved in a, in a wonderful way that that we have 
more ways to expose our music and and people mm. learn about us very quickly through other mediums like the internet and Definitely. you know anybody can sell their songs on iTunes now and things like that that make it great but also the the flip side is obviously like the record labels aren't the same and nobody wants to sign anybody anymore so you have to work 10 times harder and you know it seems to be pretty much the same in every business though doesn't it I mean, Tracy, I mean, you, you do it for yourself or, or that's it now. Well, and I used to be in indie radio, so I know exactly what you're talking about. We saw a lot of bands coming in, and, and the, ra the record industry has changed over the years. I mean, yeah. deregulation kind of did everybody in. But, yeah, I, I left corporate life to do my own thing and become an entrepreneur and start my own company and have my own brand, and it's kind of an indie spirit yeah. that yeah. made me do it. Totally. <laughs> so. I mean, it's all still really important, record labels. Um, of course, you, know, you mean you do need, absolutely. But management companies, PR, like it's all still really, really important. Um, it's just there's a lot more opportunity out there. I don't think that they work a record necessarily the yeah, way exactly. they used yeah. to do. There used are to no REM deals to be had anymore. Yeah, and there's not, <laughs> you know, there's, um, I feel like a lot of... Um, there's less and less A&R people coming out to shows and, um, you know, trying to find... Well, they don't have a job, the A&R guys. Artists right. who, are, who aren't discovered yet, you know. Yeah, I mean, ev ev there's tons of people losing their jobs. Everybody's losing their jobs everywhere. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's so yeah, this is all you can do is get out on the road and pull yeah. a seat of it. And that's, you know, frankly, that's how everybody started out, basically. Well, yeah. funnily enough... You know, you enough, can still end up a superstar that way. Our whole band um, ended up not being able to make it. <laughs> on tour, so the whole idea spawned from the fact that we shared the same band members. Oh, that's good. Hey, let's have a listen to something then. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we hear a song, Kiara? You want to go first? Sure, I would love to. Okay, Mitch, do we? Let me set up. We're here. good. What is that thing you have there? It's an Omnicord. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I'll is? Ex it? I'll explain it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> so, Kiara, you want to tell us what? Um, yeah, yeah. What you're thinking of? Um, what's going to happen here is I'm going to set this keyboard up. And uh, I'm gonna play <clears throat> this. Um, this song is called "The Animals Know," and I um, I wrote it before I moved to New York. Um, it's the title track off of my EP that I released in October, and um, well, it kind of speaks for itself, but it's based on the concept that sometimes animals can intuit things better than humans can. <laughs> And um, okay. we'll go off of that. All right. All right. And the levels. Let's check the levels here. <coughs>
Okay, there we go. Wow, bird call. I can see why you came up with that name. When did you discover that you had that voice? Um, I don't know. Um, Was there a day that you sat down to sing and that came out and you went, holy crap, I can um, sing like that? I mean, I grew up around my mom who... Um, primarily a jazz singer and um, when I was a kid she was in a lot of like wedding bossa nova bands oh, really? and um, and I would just go to rehearsal and watch her sing alto and play keyboards and and I grew up around a lot of um, female vocal records like Roberta Flack and Stevie Nicks and you don't sound anything like Roberta Flack or Stevie Nicks. Well, I would you say God, Tracy? I mean, no. there's I, you, de I definitely you sound like yourself. Very, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah, somehow yeah. it just comes out, I guess. But did you break your heart all over again every time you sing that song? I, it's it's not as hard as it used to be. It, really? <laughs> yeah. The animals know when to run from the fire, and it hasn't even started. God, it's in a pretty intense lyric. It is an intense time. Who who did that to you? Oh gosh, that yeah, like that's a totally different radio interview. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it was it was a tough heartbreak. I was moving to New York. Has it resolved itself? Yes, time heals. That's the only thing that heals. That's I've the only learned. thing that did it. Yeah, you didn't get time. back together and realize no, it was so you just, wrong. No, you just got to wait it out. Wow, yeah. is that your advice that you would give to anybody again? I mean, yeah, I mean, she you, gave it you to can't me recently. Really? <laughs> How did that work out for you, Joanne? Really well. Really? How much time did it, does it take? Um, I think it. it I don't know, guys. Anybody? Well, I'd like to chime <laughs> in on that. Someone Go told ahead. me recently that yeah, it takes it? double the time you were together to get over the relationship. Okay. I was just going to say that. A year. I agree. You yeah. agree? Did you hear that too? I've what heard is this it too. myth that's floating around? I don't know. It's an urban myth, but I think it works. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to believe that if I've been with someone for three years, it's going to take six years to get over it. No, no, no. Actually, half. I'm half. Not, not no. double. Half. No, no. no, no. That's because you I come from the southern no. hemisphere. Oh, you heard double. <laughs> no, you I've heard half. Really backwards. 
I heard half. It yeah. goes the other way. So it goes the other way down I the park. If it was three, yeah. it'd be oh, maybe I heard a half year and, and a half. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe you doubled it. Uh, maybe it's the mint julep. She is from down under. She is from down under. It takes a lot of mint juleps. How about that? Yeah, she does go the other way. Yes, one more mint julep over here. So, how long were you together with that guy before? Um, well, that wasn't very long. I really hope he's not online listening to this. Um, no, I'm sure no, he's been run over by a bus. Oh, it's like two years. Um, but I will say the best advice is, is you have to cut ties. You have to break away for a wow, while. Wow, really? Tracy, did that happen you to you? You have to heal. You have to go off and heal, and then you can come back. What? I agree. Or really? you can start your own company. Okay. Yes. <laughs> or you can yes. write a song. Hello. Well, you're not, all of us, not all of us can write a song that, right. that, that's their that company, gets it out. You know, that's yeah. their brand is, so you, is so you, expressing themselves. So you started repurposing Nola piece by piece on the rebound? No. <laughs> Actually not. What, was there a heartache involved in your case? Um, no. No? <laughs> no. She's just a driven person all around. What, Doesn't did get, what did make you start your own company like this? Give up a secure job in corporate America to be an entrepreneur? Well, uh, yeah. Um... Corporate America. I just really That'll burned out on um, on a lot of it. There's no there's no creativity. I think in, in a lot of at least in in what an industry that started out to be very creative, which was radio for me, and um, and I just wanted to do something. I wanted to come back to New Orleans. I wanted to make a difference in New Orleans, and I didn't know what it was going to be when I first moved back here, but. Um, you I renovated. Come back and do something. I wanted to do something. I renovated my loft. I had a CBD, a warehouse district loft, and and it was a mess. So I in I was inspired to redo that green because I wanted to make again do something after green as post Katrina, in not in, as in not color, color, as right. in eco friendly. Not gathering bamboo of the floors. I you know I found salvaged wood um, and I, I put those in and actually you used side lights. Did side you do this for, yourself with a hammer or everything? I did some of it myself, yes, whatever I could do. Okay. But I designed it all myself right. and then found somebody who could do what I couldn't do. Um, and out of that inspired me to start my own company. And I figured out what I was going to do, and that was repurposing NOLA. How did you – that was just – you just came up with – I mean, because everyone basically has done exactly what you've done. I had to fix my house too, and, you know, everyone's fixed up the house, but I didn't come up with any good ideas. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> did I was it, and that was just it just came. But you're doing this. this I'm is doing this. Cool. That came out of something, I suppose. Yeah. Did it come out of? Um, did it come from like one night when you were just like sick of working, or it's or looking at your loft and saying, "What am I going to do now that I've fixed it?" Well, I, I'm a firm believer in wine storming. So you know, popping up <laughs> in a bottle of wine and wondering what I'm going to do next, and I, some of my best ideas come after about. A uh, bottle of wine. <laughs> I'll you another one. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, have another. Pim's what are you cup. drinking? This Pim's is a Pim's cup, cup because you know we're at the oh, Collins and you can do that. You can have that next. I'm sure that you're not driving anywhere. Are you like to? No, but I have to tonight. play a show tonight. Well, well then Pim's can, is lighter than the mint julep. You might want to. Can you play all messed up? <laughs> no, you have to be straight. <laughs> yeah. What's well, the show? But it's New Orleans. It won't be until ten or eleven o'clock. That's true. So you have plenty of time. You can take a power nap. It's disco nap. I call it a disco nap. How is that different than a power nap? It just the sounds beat? cooler. It's funnier. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. better. It does sound better. Songs. Cool. So did Songs. You, <laughs> did you, so, Tracy, you moved back here without a job. You just came back because you wanted to come back to New Orleans. I did. I, I, I phased God, myself. you thought of something. Well, I phased myself out of uh, an indie radio job. And um, actually what, what started it all was this book called The 4-Hour Workweek. Someone in San Francisco recommended that wow. I read this book, and I thought, fabulous, this thing is just fantastic. So I started phasing myself out of corporate based on the, What's the, the chapters of this book. What which is the deal? Is that you, can you basically don't tell them, and you just do it, and then you go in, and you set, <laughs> you, you set the plan together, and my boss, who probably was the only person I could do this with, and she's at K-Rock now at CBS, but um, she... Uh, said, I don't know, I don't, I don't think you can. I said, well, I've been over budget for the last three months and I've been doing it for 90 days. The people on Delta really know me by name and, <laughs> and I've got all these upgrades. So um, she just kind of looked at me and said, all right, well, I, I guess you have to keep doing it then because there's no reason at that point to, to not because it didn't affect my performance. And that was her argument. It was going to... to so you just don't go to work? No, I went to work. You're always working with, with these little yeah, gadgets that you have. Yeah. But you're, but you're only working four hours a week, basically. That's the plan to get well, it down to four book. hours. Well, that was the book, yeah. Right, that's the plan to get it down to four hours a week. Well, get and, and that was kind of what it was. And I now was, you're probably one working day, two 20, days. 
But now you're probably doing like 20, oh, 24 hours a day. I'm on all the time. Yeah. It's like, what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you so, love it. I do right? love it. I do love, love it. it. So yeah. the stuff that you're known for that I know about you anyway is the burlap sack handbags and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I also did the NFL um, and GNO Sports Foundation contacted me last summer to uh, repurpose the Santa, the, I always want to say Santa Barbara, SB44, the Super Bowl 44 banners. And to uh, from the actual Super Bowl from the Super Bowl, so they actually captured all the spirit in Miami, and I got to repurpose them into some cool stuff. They gave them to you. I'm going to make a dress, so I've, I've yes. been inspired by this cool pattern that we found at the Green Project, and I've kind of updated it. It's a '60s, almost the like Green flight Project. attendant. Well, that's cool. Go the Green Project is a place that people take stuff they don't want, like junk. Yeah, you, I was I was there quite a, a bit when I was remodeling. Pat- you found a pattern for a pattern. For a a lot of patterns, people, yeah. It was size 16, patterns. so it was a little big. We have to had to adjust it, but um, and uh, it should be ready actually tonight, so I'll be able to pick it up and put and it on it's a Facebook. F- <laughs> it's a sort of a flight attendant inspired. Yeah, outfit. it's this kind of feeling. I was watching James Bond on the weekend, and I was feeling very 0070 and in very 60s. But we did cut the sleeves in a little bit. I mean, the the shoulders so that the sh- your shoulder could because I think shoulders on a woman are very sexy, and I wanted to show more than what the pattern was showing in the 60s. It kind of came very straight. So Not those shoulder things that they used no, to have no, in that the 80s. What the are they 80s, called? yeah. What are they called? Shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Shoulder pads, yeah, no, no, So no. that's the opposite of good looking in your opinion. Yeah. Shoulder pads. And I've, I've actually made some men's, um, men's wear now. I've made men's board shorts out of these uh, Super Bowl banners. So uh, those are pretty cool. And aprons, it started with aprons. Um, some of the Saints players have ap- aprons. And the Saints have... Um, had me do quite a bit with the banners. They made shoe bags, golf shoe bags for them for the holidays. That was their gifts that they gave everybody. How did you get hooked up with these guys? I'm like the Super Bowl. I mean, how does the super, someone who runs the Super Bowl just call you up and say, hey, we've got a whole lot of stuff? Well, the environmental... banners. Jack, the environmental um, project manager, executive director of the NFL, basically grabbed all the banners, called GNO Sports Foundation, because we are going to be hosting the 2013 Super Bowl. Oh, so again. they thought they might like to hang them up. They didn't think you were going to cut them up and make shorts. Oh no, it was to what can she do with them? Can she make something? How and, do they know you? Somebody gave them my name. I was only uh, you know in business for a year, and and I'd been getting some pretty good press, which was great, some buzz. And um, how'd you pull that off, actually? Because that's what these guys. <laughs> that's what the rock and roll people need is some radio. You know, I mean, I was in sales yeah. and marketing and radio. You create your own buzz. It's so all just, about. Is that how you got known around? Because everybody knows you. you know, right? This whole thing, your whole thing in New Orleans repurposing. I mean, you're like a celebrity. You've got the stuff out. I think the staff is out more than you are out. Um, The staff is me and an intern. (laughs) (laughs) No, the staff. I mean the... Oh, the staff. Yeah. It's just the two of you? It's just you and an unpaid intern? Yes. What a great Yeah. And I'm about to add about... Well, I I have a dozen that um, applied last week, so I'm interviewing half of them next week. So who's making all the stuff? Are you making it? I make the first one and just kind of get it set where I want, and then I have uh, a few seamstresses. One of them is Miss Dolores. She lives in the Ninth Ward. So she, um, her home was devastated, and, and she lost everything. So that's a whole other story, and, and you can go read the blog about it because I did profile her. Okay. Um, she's awesome. She's a master um, seamstress, certified seamstress, and she does. She did the dress that I did made out of burlap. She did some of the bags. Um, How comfortable is that to wear burlap? Because isn't that like It's pants? lined. It's lined. It's actually pretty cool. It, the top is a men's shirt sleeve, and then it buttons down the back with men's the buttons from the shirt. So okay. I try to... Is that some old shirt that nobody wanted as well? Um, actually, sometimes men just, you know, they might get a stain on the pocket, and then they don't wear it anymore. So the shirt is actually, the Oxford shirt is, is still very good. And Did you used to like go to junk stores and buy old crap? Well, I, I do try to get things when from the bridge y- house. But when you were younger, I mean, did you have have you always been a person who's gone to the, the junk store and bought stuff? Actually, no. No, but I was like into redesigning my room every month. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving things around. That's a animals. whole it's a whole change of life completely. Yes and no. I mean you know, and I've y- always liked yes fashion. Again. Radio I think radio and music and fashion are very um, very interrelated, I think. Music yeah. and fashion. Totally. Wouldn't you say so? Absolutely. In what sense are they related? Just everything from the, the performance, the stage performance, to the photography, what you wear as an artist kind of builds a story with musically as well, you know. 
it's a brand. I mean, you yeah. are, yeah. You, you know, who you are is defined by what you're wearing. Absolutely. And what you're saying, what Absolutely. you're singing, how, how you sound, so how you look, everything. A lot of, a lot of women that go to shows, um, mm -hmm. you know, music shows would sort of look at an artist and, you know, look at what she's wearing and think, oh, I like that and, oh, I like what and she's emulate doing. It. And, yeah, yeah, and emulate it. That's what somebody told us on the show, actually, last week, a guy who was told us... Um, Fred Levant from, from a band called, called Cowboy Mouth told us that he thinks people go to hear a musician not to, not to listen to that person, but to want to be that person. So that they're I would going agree to with that to a certain extent. Do you think extent? that's true? People identify they want to be you when they're to a certain in the extent, watching yeah. a show. Yeah. What? I think, I, I mean, I, I have to say I, I love to go see shows, but I don't like the fact that when I go see a lot of shows, I can't really hear or see the artist right. but I think a lot of people I mean I can understand why you would go even if you don't have those two elements because you just want to like be in that in that thing okay. and see that artist what do you think people think of you when they're watching you play I have no idea who is this girl with sequins and puff sleeves that's what you wear <laughs> pretty much and you have this <laughs> wacky do you play this wacky little instrument I do Yep. Tell us about that little thing. It's an omnicord. It's essentially um, an electric. Looks like a tennis arc. racket. I know it really does, doesn't it? People are fascinated. But every time I pull it out, it's like my little gimmick, like my magic <laughs> trick. So you have that on stage with you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And you play with a whole band and that. I play thing. with a whole band. Um, I usually play. Sorry, I usually don't um, play that much. I have a pianist that plays for me. Um, just because it's a better way for me to connect with my audience if I'm standing out front and I don't have to concentrate on something yeah. else. Um, but I do use this for a couple of songs. Like, I always have it on stage with me and I play it for a couple of songs. You feel better standing out in front of an audience with nothing? Yes. Really? Definitely. I would think that would be more naked and vulnerable. Exactly. That's what you it's want. so much better. Nakedness and vulnerability is what it we're just, looking for. It just forces you out of yourself a little bit. Are you shy? Yeah, normally. Really? Well, you know, a lot of people wouldn't say, okay, so they wouldn't say <laughs> yeah. that I'm shy, but I yeah. think I'm more loud and obnoxious to to compensate for the fact that I feel shy. What were, you, were you like shy. a shy little kid when you were back in yes, Australia? Yes, I had no friends. No friends? No friends. Why? Because you were too scared to reach out? I was just out? always very weird. I what? always wanted people to watch me sing and, I th and perform, and I think that was partly because... No one wanted to hang out with me in regular life. Really? What? what My mother actually says that the reason why she thinks I've become an artist is so I can still play dress up and have it be okay. Did, were you like were you like a weird kid? Yeah. Were you you were dressed up as a weird kid? And I would never wear pants or shorts. What would you wear? Fairy dresses and wings. <laughs> Yeah. What what, no, I, what age are we talking you about? You too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get onto that in a minute, Zach. What, what age are we talking about when you were still wearing fairy dresses and wings? Uh, yeah. Now? <laughs> no, but back then when people thought you were weird and um, you grew up in a nice part of Sydney, Australia. I did grow up in a nice part of Sydney. Uh, I was probably still wearing dress fairy dresses till I was like eleven, twelve. No, that's pretty queer. Yeah, I know. I know. I still had My Little Ponies and Barbie dolls. But I had this... I'd created this whole fantasy for myself. I was... I, the only books I had were, like, fairy books and um, Aesop's, Aesop's Fables, you know, Grimm's Fairy Tales. I was obsessed with it. Obsessed wow. with fantasy. Did you have a little bit of a loop in the middle there where you had to be sort of normal and now you've come back to being crazy? Um, I tried to be normal. Right. I went to a very strict private Catholic girls' school. And and I did, tried did any really of that hard. work? Did you become private or Catholic? No, I was, I was, again, <laughs> like, I just was always against the grain. I never had the cool lip gloss and I never had the cool, like, necklace that everybody was wearing and I didn't hang out with the cool kids. So, yeah. Let's have a listen to what you can do with this Omnicord. Oh, okay. What do you think? Sure. What are you going to play? What sort of stuff do you... Um, it's kind of, I guess it's like indie pop. Okay. It's pop music. Um, I'm really influenced by... Um, Kate Bush and I grew up with a lot of Fleetwood Mac as well um, actually I grew up with a lot of classical music I was a classical singer for a long time really yeah started okay. at the opera children's chorus when I was 11 so you had your little fairy wings and everything and you were singing opera opera well now yeah. it's all adding up my first but musical experience was actually Peter and the Wolf I don't know if Rachmaninoff oh I think it's Rachmaninoff oh gosh yeah I think so Google that 
I should Google that. That was the first thing you did. You did Peter and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. That was the first and thing I listened you... to. That was my first memory of music. Is that? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. What are you going to play? Um, this is called Gone and Dusted Away. And it's on the record Northern Lights that I just released in May. Um, and it's kind of... It started out being um, being a love song, but it's kind of an environmental song now. Okay. Sort of a little bit about my dad and... Yeah, anyway. Joanna and the Dusty Four. Thank you. Is the Dusty Four the name of the band, or is that what you call yourself? It's just what I call myself. You call yourself after the floor. Yeah, it's a really boring story. Okay. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful song, too. I wouldn't call that indie pop, though. What would you call it? I don't know. Pop music sounds lightweight. Oh. That doesn't sound lightweight. That sounds well, like I, actually sort I, of... A, a lot of people actually say it's kind of electro-pop. Electro-pop. Yeah, but I think it's more leaning towards the pop is it? side of it. Yeah. Okay. Would Just you call pop. it 
It's pop. It's just pop music. I don't know. Pop seems. It doesn't seem. It seems more. Yeah, but under the umbrella of pop, there's more. Oh, really? There's like well, sub. There's like pop, pop, like Britney Spears. There's indie pop. Okay. Like That's myself, there's That's electro pop, like Zach, MGMT. What, what, what do you listen to at home, Zach? I like the Grateful Dead, but I think that's nice. better. Nice, me too, yes. <laughs> you like this, but Joanna's better. Oh, no, both of these ladies are fantastic, know, I'll tell you. Isn't it amazing? Wouldn't you like to be able to sit down and do that? I'd love to. I Couldn't just dig you? when people are into something, you know, when people are into whatever they care about. And watching both these, these ladies sing, it's, it's what you care about. It's who you are. It's awesome to see. But it's definitely better than pop. Right? You're like pop plus. I don't think... I, 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 I'm not really sure why pop is such a dirty word these days. I think... I mean, well, you know, I have two words for that. Yes. What? Britney Spears. Spears. Right. That's and she had a fundraiser but, for us. She's wonderful. I'm now in trouble. Because you know Britney's what, though? Like, some of those, <laughs> some of those songs are really, really well crafted. And I think that's what a lot of people sort of forget to listen for is the, the, the craft of the song. Yeah, but you can write a great the, the, song. The, and the, still the hooks. And, I mean, it's not, it's not brain surgery. It's not, I mean, what she, what she has is not brain surgery. It's not. To me, I don't listen to Britney Spears. I'm sorry, Britney, if you're listening, but I don't really listen to Britney Spears. But still, you know, they're, they're pop songs that have a formula. They've been crafted. And a lot of them have actually been written by other people who are very clever. Very clever. I know one of them who wrote for her. And she's her music. It's not easy to write a good <laughs> you're song. You're like looking at me like, shut up. Zach, come over here for a minute. Move in there so I can hear you. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, um, here we are. Britney Spears did a fundraiser for you. Yeah, Britney Spears is wonderful. She um, had a fundraiser. How tall is she? To me, she's tall. Everyone's tall. How tall are you? Are you We're short? sitting down. I'm full. <laughs> full size? <laughs> Five seven. Five no, seven, Britney Spears. That's average height, isn't it? Yeah, so how is, is she taller than you or shorter than you? She's about the same height. What was the first thing she said to you? Thanks. Just that? Yeah, honestly, you know, Britney's from Louisiana, southern Louisiana. Right. If you, you know, anything, whenever you're talking about southern Louisiana, people from outside of the area think that it's about party, it's about... You know, being able to walk down the street with a beer in your hand. But if you ask anyone from southern Louisiana what it's all about, it's about family. And uh, that's what she cared about, us rebuilding homes for people. How did she find out about you? Did you, did you contact her? No, they came to us. We uh, had a fundraising event in L.A. And some of her folks went to the event and they um, said, look, these guys are doing the job the right way. And um, so their folks came to us. Once again, though, the United Way rode in to the rescue and matched the first $100,000 that we raised. So instead of it being Whoa. a $250,000 fundraiser, it was really a $300,000 fundraiser. So Brittany raised hundreds of thousand dollars for you? 250 yep. Wow. She raised $250,000. Yep, it was great. I can't believe you just sat here and said she's no good after she... I didn't say she's, she's <laughs> pop, <laughs> which is right. a beautiful pop. And these ladies are <laughs> pop plus. Aw, thank so, you. So how much money have you raised down there in the St. Bernard Project? Not enough. Never enough. Not enough. I'll tell you where we're at. We, we still have a waiting list of over 120 uh, American families who own homes mm. that they can't afford to rebuild. So, um, and that's because the, they, didn't, they weren't insured and we didn't get enough money from the Road Home Project? All sorts of stuff. Either you know, they weren't insured or they were insured and uh, the mortgage company, company took their money. Mm. Um, the Road Home didn't compensate right. them well enough or right. contractor fraud. Wow. That yeah. many people have been affected by those three things. Well, We're now talking about how many years ago? Six? Almost six years. And uh, so where, where in New it's Orleans atrocious. is that? It's crazy, um, isn't it? atrocious that people haven't stepped in enough. Well, people have stepped in. That's There's the one. tons of people well, that Zach, have. I'm Zach not, stepped in. I, I'm Zach not saying it. glass is half empty. I'm just, you know. Well, you got to say, I see it's filled up again, this glass. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that a Pim's cup? Is that a Pim's cup? You've gone from mint julep to... Oh, very good. Okay. But, um, so you, but... If it wasn't for you, how many houses have you built? Did you say 300 and something? 393. Almost yep. 400 houses. Yep. So that would be it's another amazing. 400 people who would have nowhere to live. Well, and Grant, I think, not to step on in front of you, but I, I think Chalmette is an area that not a lot of people across the globe understand exactly what happened. I mean, it was completely wiped out. I have a lot of friends. My publicist is from Chalmette. I have a lot of very good friends that their families were, and extended families were living hmm in a small warehouse loft because their house. And they well, only just moved back to Chalmette, I think, this summer. Well, so every single structure in Chalmette was submerged by water up to its mm -hmm. roof or over the roof, right? Yep. There were 27,000 homes, and every single home was flooded, so that meant that every single family was homeless immediately. And what was a big 
and not just for St. Bernard, but for New Orleans, what was a big pre-storm asset is that families lived near each other. It was common for entire extended families to live within a five or a 10 minute drive or kids to be able to walk to grandparents' houses. Huge pre-storm asset, massive post-storm liability because everybody lost everything. The safety net was fully vitiated. And you were a defense attorney before you did this? I was, for, for poor people accused of crime. I wasn't. Okay. Oh, you weren't like massive uh, corporations. You weren't getting on. people off crimes that they had actually committed? Well, I represented people who were accused of crimes. You know, I, in many ways, I realized that the work I did then is so consistent with what we do now. You know, at the end of the day, the reason people support the St. Bernard Project is because there's this innate thing in humanity that we want to prevent harm. We don't want anyone to suffer. We don't like people suffering pain. So when I, I represent poor people accused of crime, I didn't care if they did it or not. You just don't want anyone to suffer. You didn't care if they did it or not? Of course not. Really? No. That's a very sort of academic position to take. Uh, it's really human position to take. You don't care if someone actually committed a crime? You still like to get them off it? You know, my, in America, we have this adversarial system, which is tilted towards the government, without mm. a doubt. And here's this person. You're all there is between them and kind of social pain, psychic pain, human pain. Like jail in America is a hideous place. And it's hard to stand next to another human being and say, you know what, go over there. But you're like a saint because most people would just assume that someone did it. I don't think so. They don't? I, you know, there's, there's two things I think we've learned. One, one thing we've learned is, you know, what I just said, that we all want to prevent harm to folks. And the other is through education. You know, if we really talk about what issues are, most people are, are kind of coming from the same place. I think uh, I think you're pretty deluded about that. I'm deluded about yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got a very a very rosy view of human nature. But I've seen it. You, you know, I've seen. So we've had right. thirty-five thousand volunteers from all over the world. Thirty-five. I was one of them. Well, thank you. One you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you've had me and the Berkeley team. Whose yeah. house did you work on? I can't remember her name, but we were finishing it up. When was it? Uh, a year ago, March. Can you remember what she looked like? Yes, she was um, probably your height. Five seven. <laughs> Undersized. <laughs> Under, <laughs> no, I thought that was full size. Yes. And um, I think she had kind of reddish brown hair. Um, she had a daughter. And I'm not sure. Oh, uh, the I, Berkeley I should, team was. I shouldn't was, say her name on the radio. But yeah. Wonderful, a fisherman family in Saint Bernard, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yep, yep. Awesome folks. So the you daughter know, is an honor. And there's every single one of That's them. That's amazing that you do. Yes. No, I don't. I wish I did. You know, when we started, I knew every volunteer and I knew every homeowner. Now we're doing 40 or 50 houses at a time. We have 200 volunteers a day. We have a new program that's super cool, where we're uh, we've been, we hire returned war veterans and local under and unemployed people, pay them fair and livable wages. So next week. We're officially kicking off our Opportunity Housing Program, where we're taking blighted properties in New Orleans. We're paying our what we call Good Work, Good Pay Program. So these are the, the veterans who are coming back and the local under and unemployed people, and they're turning kind of the stain of blighted property um, and the drain of unemployment into the gain of affordably built affordable housing in New Isn't Orleans. Isn't this what the country's been waiting for? Someone, I thought we were waiting for President Obama to say something like this, a jobs program. There's a deafening and silence. You've, you've, <laughs> <laughs> you've actually figured it out. You're actually you're, you're, you're putting underemployed returning veterans mm -hmm. who can't find work to work, rebuilding houses for people who have got no yep. hope of getting it rebuilt in another way, and they're, and they're being paid. Who's paying the veterans to do that? So we, uh, we have two programs. We have one, which is our owner-occupied rebuilding program. So if someone owns a gutted house, we'll rebuild it for them. The other, in New Orleans, there's forty to 50,000 blighted properties. Hmm. There's also uh, a gap of 20,000 units of affordable housing. Some people just can't afford to live in New Orleans. So we're taking the blighted properties that the city, that we get from the city, we're rebuilding them and then making them available, again in partnership with the United Way. As um, did, you come up with all, did you come up with this stuff? Uh, we have a great team. Yeah? Yeah. How many people on the team? So we have 35 staff members, including the veterans, and uh, 68 AmeriCorps members, including nine veterans in the So you've got a giant operation out there. That's why I was late, man. You're giving okay, me well, a hard time. No, I, I must say, I do feel pretty bad when I realize you're like a saint. It's, no, and far I'm, from it. But we, uh, you are, don't you think? They, they, don't you think? Are you guys so what I'm hearing is absolutely incredible. Well, come vault. How long are you in New, New Orleans? <laughs> Four days, actually. What are, are you, you doing really? tomorrow? Hey. Need help? You uh -huh. want to help? I'll come. Every day. Every you day. should. It's, um, it's great. I'll come. It's great. For sure. Great. 
Well, that's cool. Two well, more volunteers. That's yeah. what, that, well, and you've had 35,000 people. Yes, we have. And, uh, you know, people care. People, what folks dig about the St. Bernard Project, I think, is that there's no leap of faith. You know, there's a one-to-one correlation between either donating it's $20,000 to rebuild a house or volunteering and, an America, and a family moving home. Simple. You know, there's and no... Where are these, Zach, where are these people living now that have yet to move back to their homes? It's... Uh, you know, it's brutal. There's 200 families who own homes who are living in FEMA trailers in front of their houses. They're still living in FEMA trailers. I thought yeah. FEMA told us we had to give them all back. Yeah, they're taking their time, or some families bought these dilapidated, disgusting things because there were no other options. And what we have to remember is that these are families who made it, right? In America, yeah. it's hard right. to own a home, right? You, you've yeah. kind of ascended some sort of mountain if you're, if you're able to buy a house and own a house. These are people who made it. So think of the folks who, who were renting. So there, there's 200 families who are living in FEMA trailers in front of houses they can't own, and there's another eight to 10,000 families who uh, are doubled or tripled up, paying more than 30% of their income to rent. We have families who are living in gutted houses. These are all people who worked, uh, who did things the right way. And so what we're thinking is the sixth anniversary of Katrina is coming up. And so think back to six years ago, right? This Justin Bieber kid was two, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Right. There was, there, whoever he is, there was a different president. Beaver. I love was that. Yeah. Bieber, I think it is. But I think the V is. What do you mean? Bieber. Is that who we're talking about? The guy with the, the guy hair. with the bangs. This, this thing. Yeah. Right. It's Bieber. B e i b e r. Justin Bieber. Bieber. Fine. Bieber. Was too. But Bieber is better, though, isn't it? I don't know what don't he's called. Bieber. Well, you know Bieber. what Bieber means in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. The water fell. <laughs> yes. Right. So there's the just, you know, six years ago, this world was a different place for all of us. But every day and every night, our clients, you know, they wake up with the same thing. The first thing they want to do is move home. They go to bed. First thing, you know, they think about when they go to bed moving home. The rest of us have moved on. Mm. These are folks who just want nothing more to move home. So This is an insane situation, though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Really. I mean, isn't it? It's unfair. It just doesn't seem right in the United States of America where we have all these social programs and so on and so on that there would be so many people who would be left out do you feel like there would be faster movement if it was in a different state if this had happened in a different state like say california or new york or mississippi you know like six years (laughs) worth of progress would look different or not yeah it's tricky right because part of it at the end of the day has to be caught up in race i think uh, without a doubt. In race? In race. There is a perception of people in New Orleans as um, being unworthy. Most uh, of the people in Chalmette are white, right? Well, we work throughout oh, New Orleans. Oh, this this disaster has... We work throughout New Orleans and throughout St. Bernard, but this disaster was branded as a New Orleans problem. It's something... My mind has shifted about it a little bit because without a doubt, initially, I thought... Yeah. And, and if it did happen in Connecticut or Boston or California, I think the recovery would be a heck of a lot quicker. But what we're seeing in... Joplin, Missouri, and we're probably going to open up offices there. Um, what we're seeing in Alabama. After the tornadoes. In North, yeah, in Tuscaloosa, in Birmingham, in Jefferson County. Three quarters of Alabama was hit by uh, these tornadoes. The recovery is glacially slow there, too. So, without Why a doubt... Why do you think like, that is? Why? Economics? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's... There's a way of doing disaster recovery in America that prioritizes, frankly, process over progress. You know, right. this is how we do disasters, and this Red is a safe tape. way to do it. Yeah. Yep. And what's separate about the St. Bernard Project is different from other groups in that we're all under one roof, so we don't normally have to, just, it's, it's a lot, it's your four-hour story about breakups, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're an all-under-one-roof group, and then the other thing that we do is we're vertically integrated, so instead of hiring out subcontractors to do the plumbing or the electric work or the skilled carpentry, we do it all in-house. So we hire licensed master plumbers, and we have AmeriCorps members who work under them. We have good work, good pay members who work under them, too. So my, I guess in answer to your question, I think in some of the affluent, you know, bi-coastal communities it would happen quicker. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we just have it wrong in America. We have disaster yeah. recovery wrong. Yeah. Well, you figured this out pretty much on your own. We've had great partners. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, you've, you're masterminding, you and your, your wife Liz, right, are masterminding this whole operation. It just turned into a whole operation. By no means. You know, we have a great team, and the thing that I gotta 
really stress, and not because he's here, but it's the truth, I say it all the time, is that the vital role that the United Way has played. Yeah, but this is, this is done, what you're doing is being done by individuals, and not by the government. It's not by the federal government, the state government, or the local government. It's being done by good-hearted, intelligent, nice human beings well, who don't have an official title. You're just doing it. So here's what I've, I've realized, I, that there's a difference between being a leader and occupying a position of leadership. And wow, that's yes. good. And, yes. Here, here. and well, the difference but. is, Gary's shaking his head. Oh, then He's we nodding. go up and down. When we're agreeing, <laughs> we do this. And, and, and it doesn't matter. You know, I, when I think about it, I think of Rosa Parks, right? Rosa mm -hmm. Parks had no title, but she was a leader because she did what she thought was right. And we have some people who initially, AmeriCorps is the glue that makes the St. Bernard Project work. You know, we have AmeriCorps members who absolutely make anything happen. Initially, we were rejected when we first started. We were a lawyer and a teacher rebuilding houses, and our AmeriCorps application was rejected. I called AmeriCorps, and uh, this woman heard me out, and she said, you know what, you're right. We're going to give you two teams. And so she might not have been the highest-ranking person in the world, but to me, she was a leader because she was courageous and operating outside of what's safe. That's actually the difference, I think, from the United Way and all the other groups. There's a way of doing disaster recovery. Gary invested $50,000 when we were two people, a lawyer and a teacher, and there was an established way of doing things, but they focused on, uh, frankly, progress instead of process. Um, wow. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah. I did it answer for you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, we have to roll along, so let's, get, let's do one more song before we get out of here. Sure. What do you say? Do you guys want to do one together, Cara and Joanne? We'd yeah. love to. Okay. Yeah. And Kirk, who's been and sitting Kirk, very quietly in the background is there, is picking up his us. guitar. Okay. Um, He's a real silent partner, Kirk. So this, as this is actually not even uh, my song. It's, it's, um, it's by Beck. Um, and he did this song... Um, called Lost Cause from the Sea Change record. I don't know if you're familiar, but I chose to do it on this new covers record. Um, Are you doing a whole record of covers? I did a, Tracy, you know this I one? did six I did a song. It's, yeah. a, it's a great song. You I'm excited to hear you your version. You could sing along. No, I'm going to let them do it. She released a whole um, record, six songs, right? Five. Yeah, it's what? called the Other Creatures EP. Oh, that's the Other Creatures one. Mm -hmm, okay. I, did, I did do some Kate Bush and, and Beck and... Um, Fleetwood Mac. Would Mac. It's amazing. Okay. Aww. We released records actually on the same day. Intentionally? No. No. We had total record releases over well, the You guys are really lucky day. to have met each other. Yes. yes. We, both <laughs> we both believe this. Yes. Yeah. That was a fated like meeting. Twins. All right. Is there okay. The animals, no. And no, the, the creatures. Other creatures. Out. Yeah. I have this thing with animals, clearly. Do you have a pet? I do. She's my best friend, what Gigi. Is she? Gigi. Gigi the dog? Yeah, Gigi's the Where dog. Where is she? Who's slash alien. Her? She's at home <laughs> in my apartment in Brooklyn She's with my best friend who's taking care of her. Yeah. Uh, I bet you miss her. I do, dearly. Oh, Gigi. She's wonderful. Gigi. <laughs> do you talk to her on Skype? Uh, no, I'm not that I intense. To my dog you talk to your dog on <laughs> yes, Skype, Joanna. Okay, now I'm getting worried. I was just kidding. You really do. Does, really the, do. does the dog talk back or know that it's you? No, he, he cocks his head. Like, he does that whole, like, when right. they're trying to understand something yeah. that's going on. What, like, if I what's say your dog's name? What do you Ziggy. Ziggy and Gigi. <laughs> Even very similar dog names with the two syllables. Yeah. What do you say to Ziggy? Hi, buddy. <laughs> He's listening right now. Yeah. yeah. I do. Actually, I yeah. go into some really sickening, horrible little voice. Like Don't we all talk to our pets like that? Do you, please, please tell me you do. Doesn't he have a song? Of course. Do you have a song for your pets? No. He doesn't have a theme no, song? No, I have not gone that far. Oh, I have. What sort of dog do you have? I have a Tracy, three, come in here so we can. I have a three-legged um, Yorkie Poodle Schnauzer <gasps> mix. What happened oh to it? Named Jackson. 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 What happened to Jackson's fourth leg? The original owner dropped him when he was a puppy and didn't take it him to off. Um, well, it didn't come off. <laughs> but off. They, didn't, they tried to, to fix it, oh, and uh, the, the pin didn't stay in the, in the uh, wrist. So, um, and I adopted him from Pet Adoption Services, which is a local uh, foster. They foster pets. And um, they warned me that he might be three legs, but I just I visit him every week, and I fell in love. And he's the smartest. And when oh he does this, he gets the Snoopy dance, Snoopy dance, Snoopy. Snoopy oh my Snoopy gosh! Dance. Okay, you're there you go. No. <laughs> 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 okay, I want to see a photo after this. Oh yeah, is that my phone? <laughs> That's great. Okay, back to back. 
All right. I don't think Beck has any pets. <laughs> Just have a feeling about that, do you? Okay, what's the song called again? This is okay. called yeah. Lost Cause. Lost Cause, mm-hmm. okay. Kirk Shane here on guitar. Can Joanna I introduce the, the band really quick that yes, we've been please, traveling with please, just because yes. they're amazing? Um, so we have Daniel Foose who's playing bass guitar on the road with us. Hi, and taking photos. And taking <laughs> photos. And then um, Stephen Purcell who's sitting over there Hi, on the drums. Yeah, that's and the band. And Kirk, and that's the whole, and that's the whole band. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much for coming thank along you. today. That has been be- really beautiful. It's been us. really an honor to meet all of you actually today on really today's show. We're I, yeah. playing. I would like to, Thanks. if you're around tomorrow and you need people, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. totally down to come. We'd love it. Where are you guys playing though tonight? The Always Lounge? Yeah. Sh- Always Lounge in, my neighborhood. in theater. Good. Yeah, yeah, you should come. You 10 p.m. tonight. Great. Okay. 
Thank you so much, all you guys, for coming down here to the Collins today and, and joining us on Happy Hour. Our special guests have been Joanna and the Dusty Four from Sydney, Australia, by way of Brooklyn, Brooklyn New York. New York. <laughs> uh, Kirk Shane here played guitar on that last song. Kiara Angelicola, otherwise known as Bird Call, from Brooklyn, New York. Tracy Clarkson, the chief gatherer of the green at repurposing Nova piece by piece. And Zach Rosenberg, the director of the St. Bernard Project and a, a living saint. The producers of our show are Melinda Hawes and Trish Kaufman. Our executive producer is Tanya Castellanos. Mitch Cry is our technical director and Christian Unruh is our music director. Cliff Brigden is our web designer and our link to the real world. Our theme was written and is being played right now by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. It's a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans and a great place to come and have a drink if you're already here. Check out our other shows on itsneworleans.com. There's plenty of other happy hour shows. And check out our new show about business called Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti and Kathy Finn, which is recorded live at Commander's Palace. You can keep up with us by liking our Facebook page on It's New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Until we meet next time on Happy Hour, I'm Grant Morris. Bye. <laughs>